Welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast. The podcast where the topics may vary because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiskus, Brady Lining, and Todd Griffin. Welcome to episode number 13. Is it lucky 13 or unlucky 13? I don't know, but it's the play by your podcast and uh, episode 13 it is for us. Uh, as always, we thank you for joining us and uh, we get listeners. So therefore we continue to do this thing and that uh, kind of shows us that you like what we're doing. So uh, 13 it is for us. Welcome gentlemen, Mr. Liming. Hello, sir. Mr. Griffin. Happy 13. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, the name of the show, Play It By Ear podcast, and the way the show works, if you don't know just yet, uh, we all come to the table with a topic. We talk about that topic for 20 minutes, and we play it by ear, so we don't really rehearse our conversation. We don't. Uh, we kind of compare notes as to what our topics might be going in, but as far as the conversation itself, we don't do any rehearsal. It's all as spontaneous as it pretty much can be there. So again, uh, we enjoy it. Glad you enjoy it. Uh, but first, before we get into our first topic, we do have another voice message and you do have the capability of leaving these voice messages to us on the uh, website, our host site at anchor.fm backslash play it by ear podcast. And today's voice message is from Joe Pilger from Monmouth, Illinois, who is also my brother-in-law. So uh, Joe has uh, an item about one of our previous episodes that he would like to pass along. So Joe, go ahead. Hi, this is uh, Joe from Monmouth, Illinois. Longtime listener, first time uh, caller. And I've been listening to you guys for what seems to be like four years uh, over the last month or so. Um, Really learned a lot. Um, I, uh, appreciate the, uh, the insights that you bring to the, uh, variety of topics that you discuss. Um, and oftentimes I find myself in agreement with lots of things that you say, but as I was listening today, um, I, I, I found myself yelling at the, uh, at my phone. I was listening on Google podcasts. Um, the notion of, of skinning the meringue off of a pie is pure blasphemy. Um, and I, I think that there should be a penalty for saying such nonsense. Thank you very much, Joe. So I, I guess the question here is, since part of our listening public has spoken, does the fact that someone skins the meringue off of a piece of pie, is that worthy of a penalty of some sort? Brady, do you think Todd deserves a penalty for skinning his pie? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I tend to think no, because, you know, meringue, I could eat it, but I don't like a lot of it. So I, I'm not even trying to be judicious or neutral in this. Um, I like the meringue, and 
controlled amounts. So, uh, no, I, I do not penalizing him for going meringless. Um, I only penalize him if he rips it off and like throws it out the window and <laughs> it ends up in the woods and spoils a good wood walk. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I understand that completely. I stand well, by Todd, it. as 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 in any kangaroo court, Todd, you do have the ability to present your defense. I uh, I stand by my initial take that uh, uh, meringue is a petrified spit blanket on top of a <laughs> confectionery. It's wet styrofoam. It's snake throw up. <laughs> it is venomous it vomitus. Is, <laughs> it is fondant's uh, wicked stepmother. It's it's. Uh, it's in the same category. I, it's, it serves no purpose. In, Are you Eric, saying it's decorative more so than anything? Yeah, it, it's. I don't know. It's almost like when you look at it close, you can you can still see it sizzling and bubbling. It's like a. I don't know. Confectionery magma. <laughs> magma. magma. <laughs> but I but I know a lot of people like it. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I didn't I didn't expect uh, a lot of people to share my my hatred towards meringue but and I eat it I, that's that's probably the odd thing I I you know but if you, I have you my eat choice it, but you don't like it I, no I I it depends on the pie I will say that if it's a peanut butter pie and it has meringue I'm eating it if it's a lemon pie I like the lemon pie part but not the meringue I'll 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 kick it off uh, chocolate pie like you mentioned with my grandma's uh, back in the day J and R restaurant I would eat it. Uh, so it's not something that the taste bothers me as much as the presentation and the texture. Fair enough. So he has oh, survived our marsupial magistrate. Be... <laughs> <laughs> yes, our marsupial magistrate has ruled. Um, but I, as always, we want our jury, our listeners to chime in. Definitely. Joe, Joe Pilger has made a charge that Todd deserves a penalty for skinning his pie. So <laughs> vote on Facebook. Does t- Todd deserve a penalty for skinning his pie? And if so, what is the, what is the sentence for doing such things in our kangaroo court? There's pie another penance. t-shirt idea. Yes. Don't skin your pie. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> you'll go blind. I'm walking away from that one. <laughs> yeah, you'll go <laughs> All right. With that, <laughs> I, I got to go down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> this is why we go over time, go over everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this has nothing to do about nothing. But since I accidentally, well, purposely brought up marsupials, which is going to lead me to this, I think I'm lucky to be here today, um, recording this with you guys, because I about died of cardiac arrest because I went on my back deck and started down the step, and an opossum shot out and start. <laughs> like start running toward the tree and I about had a marsupial induced heart attack. It meant me no harm, but you know, it is a pretty fat rotund marsupial. Cause I think it's did, been, did you have, did you almost have a marsupial infarction? I did. <laughs> I did. Um, it, 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 it startled me completely. And I think our marsupial is harmless. Cause he, I think he just kind of eats the cat food and gets fat and happy. So he was visiting the proverbial golden corral on my deck, but uh, just when it, it it was, I would like to see. I would have liked to see it on video because my my face was probably priceless, or I should Don't say, oh priceless. Him, Don't corner him. 
Got some sharp teeth. Yes. All right. So again, we all come to the table with a topic to talk about here on our show, and we also rotate as to who goes first, second, and so forth. So uh, I believe it's my turn to go first. So I am going to continue on, and I think I said it a couple episodes back, or I think it was three episodes back. Uh, I would continue on the list of uh, different words that are used to mean the same thing in different areas of the country. And uh, that's where we got on the uh, the famous coleslaw conversation <laughs> as to whether you put it on your <laughs> unkempt Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All right, so uh, uh, gentlemen, continuing down this list, I'm going to give you the word, and you can tell me what you feel that word means. Now, some of them are going to have obvious meanings, but some of them are going to have secondary meanings. Okay. Okay, first case in point here. Wicked. So I'm going to go with the obvious wicked as in a wicked, a bad, evil, 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 <laughs> like the fruits of the devil. The devil. Uh, that's yes. that's my. When I hear the word, when I first hear the word, I think evil. Um, I think I get teleported back to the days of Bill and Ted in the eighties when something was really good or kind of awesome and spectacular. Is like, yo wicked man. So, um, you know, I'm an FNM and 80s kid that I probably dropped Wicked that way more than once. So um, I, I guess it's context and tone. It's like, man. Yes, and, and Wicked meaning good is mainly in New England. I don't know why. Wicked pisser. <laughs> they say in Boston. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't a very good accent, but I knew I had the, I knew I had the right words. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> All right. Next word. Dope. Ah. Now, this one has gone through a, a transformation of sorts. It's had many different meanings. What does the word dope mean to you? Um, I, I You know, once again, being an 80s kid, the... Uh, public service commercials like and Eric you're probably going to complete my sentence about the kids talk about just saying it was like do this do that smoke some dope Louie like that one <laughs> and uh, whenever I hear dope I think about somebody pressuring poor Louie to put down his trumpet and do illicit substances so I, I, I think of dope as meaning um, marijuana particularly uh, I actually yes, medi medicinal mixtures is in the yes one of those definitions. That's that's one of the three things that I think of. Uh, one of them being a, a again kind of like the a slang for something really cool like that's dope. Uh, but also I think of it as kind of an insulting one's intelligence, uh, calling someone a dope. Um, yes, for something they do that you would consider less than smart. Had to get stuck in the yes. elevator again, you dope. That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here, here are two meanings that you probably don't know about. I mean, I didn't know about them. I'm assuming you two didn't either. 
dope at one time meant gravy. What? So mashed potatoes and dope. That'll get you arrested in these parts if you ask for that. (laughs) Now, the other one that this uh, article here talks about, and I, I don't know why it specifically talks about Ohio, using the word dope to mean ice cream toppings. Hmm. Again, could get you in trouble. Hey, Todd, well, Eric, like, let's go out to the ice cream man. I want to get some dope on my chocolate ice cream. <laughs> yeah, not going to end well. I, now, you you spent a fair amount of time in Columbus, Brady. Did you ever hear them using the word dope to mean chocolate syrup, for example? I have not. Um, my first two years of college when I was at Ohio State... I think I was offered dope twice, but there was no ice cream involved. I was just walking. As far as you know, maybe you just misunderstood them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, I was walking down High Street. Maybe they were going to take you back to the car and give you a (laughs) push-up. You never know. (laughs) And that could mean many different things on High Street. (laughs) Interesting. I, I didn't know those two definitions. I did not. All right, next word is a carriage. Uh, As Um, an undercarriage? If you will. Hmm. Spelled the same, yes. Okay, I'm probably overthinking this, but I've heard, and and once again, I'm overthinking. I'm I'm, I'm going past the obvious of what we think carriage is, but like I've heard it used sometimes like how somebody... um, conducts themselves like well their the way their body language and carriage was you know i'm probably getting this yeah. all wrong but this is kind of clue it in my head a little bit yeah I, I i only think of one thing when i you know when i hear the word carriage obviously the root word of carry so you know something that is carrying something act of carrying Okay, you're on the right track. Again, New England specifically uses this word. Now, we may think about a horse-drawn carriage. Yeah. Cinderella-ish. Mm-hmm. However, in New England, a carriage means a shopping cart. Ah, a buggy. Ah. A buggy, yeah. <laughs> a carriage. Speaking of which, a carriage. Um, it Guys, like, I, I'm not even saying this to be funny. This actually happened yesterday. That um there there was well welcome to Lake Winoka, Ohio where I live right outside the gate I got stuck behind in an Amish person in their horse and buggy their horse carriage if you will but then thirty seconds later down the road I was passed by a Tesla and at the stop sign there was a Maserati now where am I in living where Teslas and Maseratis and horses and buggies exist at the same time. It was strange. I have no idea. That is strange. That yeah. Is strange. But Okay, next word. You you probably know of this one because it was brought to light by a certain uh, entertainer. The word is grinder. Ah. Um well I, I think it might be your turn to go first, Brady. A grinder. Where have I heard that before? Um, now, uh, is it like the person of Roma descent? You know, where they're 
they have the little box and they're cranking it and music's coming out of it while there's a monkey dancing. Isn't that like grinder? <laughs> uh, that, those are referred to as organ grinders. So yes. Yeah. Huh. I was thinking, no. go ahead. No, yeah, I, that, I that wasn't the definition I was looking at here, but go ahead. I, I was thinking two things. I was thinking uh, a grinder as a sandwich or a, a, oh, a, yeah. a, a hoagie type sandwich. Um, and I was also thinking of a grinder as, uh, the, wasn't that the show with Rob Lowe? Was that the grind? No, not Rob Lowe. Was it the grinder where they, it was a, it was a law show. It was something to do with court, like a court show or something. You're right. I might be wrong. I don't remember that one, but what, what were you talking about a show? Was I talking about, I I said an entertainer. Entertainer. Okay. Yeah. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Gotcha. Like the lunch lady land song, yeah. Hoagies and grinders, hoagies <laughs> and grinders. Yeah. Navy sandwich. beans, navy beans, <laughs> meatloaf sandwich, sloppy I'm joe. There's a, a cup Slop, and sloppy joe. <laughs> yeah. I just checked, by the way. Un-kim-tose. I Sometimes I wait until the episode's over to check and see if my ramblings are factual at all, and I was right on this one. The grinder, uh, I thought you guys had watched it. I thought I remember talking about it. It was with uh, Rob Lowe and... Uh, yeah, um, Fred Savage. The guy, Fred Savage, very funny show. Should should it never was. have been canceled. And uh, they, they were a family of lawyers. And Rob Lowe had been, I believe, an actor or something. And he, he came a, back. He played, he played a lawyer well, he, on he TV. He joined the family. He joined. No, he came back and joined the family's law firm. And but he wasn't actually a lawyer. Yeah, very funny show. So I don't know if Grinder has something to do with. Yeah. Never saw that. Lawyers. Okay, next word is cascade. Dish detergent. That's what I was thinking. Well, yeah. that's, that's that's what one would usually think of, yes. And I also Not know, in this case, however. I know it sometimes has something to do with flowing water. Like a I, I've heard read it in books, you know, like where her or well actually no her hair was cascading down her shoulders you know where it's like flowing that right right yeah, yeah i was going to say the use that way yeah i was going to second the water thing which i assume that's i assume it's a metaphor when they talk about her hair cascading yeah as in flowing yes now in this case this is a southern word which originated over in england cascade is a slang term for vomiting <laughs> ah. Well, that's the most pleasant sounding part of me while I cascade on this floor. <laughs> I, yes. I would like to point out, uh, Mr. Fiscus, one thing I thought funny that our listeners cannot, cannot see is when you said over in England, you raised your right hand and pointed right. Like, <laughs> like you <laughs> over yonder. Like, not left, because that I would be silly. Point, where I was pointing was south, so you would, really wouldn't get to England from there. <laughs> More pointing toward you, I guess. <laughs> I just that just struck me as funny to see you pointing I'm, towards England or you know, attempting to I, in your explanation. I have I'm, an I'm a English hand person across the street. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> my neighbor's from right, Liverpool. So, uh, the uh, the second part of this topic, what I want to do is I want to turn this back around. So there are several words used to mean certain things again around the country. So if I give you a definition of sorts, 
you give me the number of words you think mean that definition. Okay, so the first example, worms used for bait. Nightcrawlers. Nightcrawler, widespread, except in the South. Does it, do we know what they call them in the South? I can give you that as soon as we go through the list. Okay, a bit. okay, sorry. Um, nightcrawlers up. Oh, I got nothing. That's it. Red worms? Red worms, yes. Oh, uh, scattered, but chiefly in the South. So you got the Southern one. Uh, fishing worms. I guess I've just heard them called fishing worms. Fish worms, fishing worms, chiefly in the Midwest. Okay. Or what a about fish like, worm more frequently in the North or Central U.S. Completely different thing here. Uh, mealworms, I mean, are a de- completely different type of worm, but you can fish with them. I mean, so I, I'm assuming that's not on there. No. Yeah, it's because it's not the same worm. Right. That, that's all I know. Red worms. Yeah. Night crawlers. Okay, so I can give you some others here. Angle worm. Bait worm, blood worm, yeah, dew worm, eel worm, garden worm. <laughs> what was that? Eel worm, <laughs> chiefly in the Atlantic. <laughs> a a grub worm. That's that's what they call them on the West Coast. Yorm reminds me of the way we would try to combine your worm. You got yorm. <laughs> Yorm. I only got mime. A, <laughs> a, a Georgia Wiggler. Is it the Cadillac of worms? That's a red wiggler. <laughs> which you. is also on the list. Yeah. Okay. A stream. <sighs> a brook. Uh, Brooke, yes. Chiefly in New England. Now widespread, but especially common in the Northeast. A creek. A creek, yes. Widespread, except in New England. Is it a crick? Crick, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Especially in the inland north, the north, middle, and the west. I remember we had that kind of debate because someone argued that a crick was different than a creek in elementary school. <laughs> what what turns, was the word again? The same thing. A stream. A stream. Stream. And then Brady, you said brook. Brook. What about a spring? That's, spring that's, is not on the list. I don't know if that's even a creek, but I know it's some sort of water. A run. All right. So, uh, a run, yes. Nice. That's another one on the list. Uh, a lick. in western Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, and Maryland. D- don't now, the forget- only other one we have, a branch, is another one we haven't said. Uh, a lick. And, no. What? Blasphemy. Well, okay, We've got the only French other one lick? on the list that we haven't said is an arroyo. A what? Ah. Arroyo, as in Bronson. Chiefly in the Southwest. As I say, yeah. No, no, I no, I'm calling foul because we have around here we have French Lick, we have the Licking River, we have Big Bone Lick. 
for big yeah, yeah. for Pete's sake, there's Big Bone Lick in Kentucky. Kentucky. So yes. Maze Lick. Uh, true. Okay. An outhouse. Porta John. No. Porta potty. No. A toilet. The, the privy. I, I, I don't know that you'll get any of these. So I'm just going to read them off. The shitter. They're funny. <laughs> no. A biffy. <laughs> chiefly in the upper Midwest in Wisconsin. A chick sale. A what? Chick sale. That sounds like an illegal activity. <laughs> uh, chiefly in the Northeast, North, Middle, and West. A garden house, chiefly in the middle Atlantic. Wow, now that's a euphemism of all get-outs. Pardon me while I visit the garden house. A Johnny house. A little house. On the prairie. On the prairie, dog. (laughs) (laughs) And the the final one. (laughs) Oh, God. A a Mrs. Jones <laughs> is the we devil involved. Mrs. Jones, yeah, no. I, no. Well, wait a minute. Okay, and all these years, I thought that was a romantic song about like a man and his seeing somebody there. Me and Mrs. Jones. He's actually talking about having to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Apparently so. Wow, that was very all educational. Right. Yes. Kinds of pastries. Uh, a eclair. Uh, eclair is not on the list. A turnover. No. What? Um. A a crepe. No. A Danish. No. Then they're obviously not from this country. <laughs> a donut. A donut hole is one. Hmm. Huh. Uh, chiefly in the she, uh, scattered, less frequent south and south middle. Okay, I'll, I'll read you the list here. Bear claw, chiefly in the west, especially the Pacific. A fritter? What? Uh, not on this list. Uh. Bismarck. Oh, chiefly upper Midwest. Yeah, I get I've those. Heard of that. At, I get those at Duncan. A bear claw. Bun. Bear claw is on the list. Um, yeah, that was the first one I said. A bun. Oh, sorry. As in honey bun or a cruller. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. A fried cake. One <laughs> word fried cake. That's way too literal. A long john. Yeah. A uh, sinker. Huh. I assume that's a that's a coffee reference. <laughs> and a twist. Those are kind of like descriptions of donuts. I didn't realize like different species of donuts. Yeah, yes. I agree. And maybe it's just like uh, what we say about pop versus cola versus yeah. Coke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in these areas of the country, that these words mean any form of donut. I'm going to have a long john, whether it's round with a hole or or it's long, silver, it's thin. Yep, yep. 
All right. Well, you heard our alarm. Hopefully you all learned something there. I I sure did. did. I did. I did. Probably not the funniest bit we've done, but uh, we're all about learning here. The most surprised, I was most surprised about the, uh, the port, uh, what was the outhouse one? So the loo wasn't on there. I mean, nothing was on there that we. I think a loo means an indoor toilet, right? Well, Um, yeah. The WC. Hmm. It's the water closet. Yes. (laughs) All right. So that's topic number one. Who's up for number two? All right. I think it's my turn. I think it's my turn to go second. And we we touched on this topic a little bit through another topic way back in, I believe, episode one or two, first few episodes. And by the way, if you haven't listened to those episodes, please go back and, and take a listen. And we're going to talk about pet peeves. I thought maybe that's something that we could kind of throw around the horn and and I'll go ahead and start with one of my pet peeves. And this pet peeve I think is strictly for couples. Uh, you know, not necessarily married couples, but just couples. And that is one of my pet peeves is when my spouse wants to share meals, share dinner. Oh, yeah. Like when you go to a restaurant? Yes. Um I have no problem with if if let's say Let's say you're you're trying different things. I have no problem with with that. I understand that, you know. But I do not like it when I have I get what I want. Let's say I've been craving a certain restaurant and I've been craving a, a steak, whatever it is, and then my wife thinking that uh, you know maybe she's not that hungry or she wants to save money or whatever. Why don't we just share that? No, I do no. not share my <laughs> meal. Uh, I'm so with you on this. Yes. <laughs> This is going to get me in trouble, although I've, <laughs> I have vocalized this to my wife already, so I don't think it'll get me in trouble. She knows my feelings on it, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Mm. Let's go ahead. It's, I was opening it up for you guys and see if you had that same peeve. Mm. So, and, and you mentioned food trucks, Brady, when we were talking prior to recording. Angela's Curbside Cuisine. There's, there's a free plug, I guess. So you can tell Angela's we're plugging them on our podcast. Order of French fries, and my wife, I get the French fries, and she assumes that we're going to share the fries. No, that was not my intention. My intention was to have my fries. If you want fries, you can order your own fries, but I intend to eat all my fries. And then she gets mad when I say, no, I want all my fries. Fry Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. I, In fact, it seems to be a common thing. Some restaurants are going to this... Uh, they're they're sizing up their they're varying the size of their uh, appetizers and we're, I'm a big appetizer person my, my wife same way we always like to try different appetizers and I feel a bit put off when a restaurant on their menu will say shareables or shareable as far as a size I can order uh, how about I pick I determine whether it's shareable or not you don't how, tell me what's shareable how about I tell you how much I want to eat you don't assume. Yes, if, if you own a restaurant out there, you know, don't get cocky with, with your forcing me to, to make that choice. Regulate uh, my portion size. <laughs> so if you own a restaurant, wouldn't you not want people to share? Would you I, not want to put something out there that is characterized as shareable? Because then we might order two instead of one. There you go. And 
I'll tell you the sharing where it bothers me more than anything. And I'm a non-confrontational. I'm try to be a nice guy, but man, if you want to try a bite of like my steak or something like that, that's fine. Andre, don't mess with my dessert. Do not ask me to take a bite of my dessert. Yes. Good angle with this. Cause I think that's a lot of times where the sharing comes in, you know, yeah, you've already spent, you've already spent $175 on your dinner. But we're going to save four bucks by splitting this dessert. No, I'm going to get your own dessert. And it's uh, a lot of White Castle, I, I, man. I, I, <laughs> I sound a little <laughs> angsty here. But, you're going to. <laughs> I sound a little angsty here, but it's pet peeve, so there should be some frustration coming out. But yeah, I, I just you know I have a problem with the sharing. I have a problem with something being labeled as shareable without asking my input first. That would be like saying you know <laughs> left-handed foods. You know foods they recommend you eat with your left hand as opposed to your right hand. You know, you should pick whether you share it or... Yeah. Excuse you know. me, sir. Put down the fork in your right hand. This yam is meant to be eaten left-handed. <laughs> That's the kind of restaurants Todd pays $175 right. to go to. <laughs> I was, uh, my point I was trying to make was, it, you know, it, it always seems like it's an expensive restaurant where the whole, you're thinking, okay, let's try to save a little money by sharing something. But I don't get to eat at expensive restaurants very often, so when I do, I definitely don't want to share my morsels. <laughs> morsels. <laughs> All right, uh, Brady, are you throwing a pet peeve out there, or am I? Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm going to take this, and I'm even going to go. It's not even a pet peeve. This is probably a wild peeve. Um, this, this one really bothers me and it, an it comes, peeve. it's an untamed peeve and, uh, this comes up often in, in my house. This is going to make sense here in a second, but here is my grand pet peeve gentlemen. Okay. Now look, it, I know this is a podcast and you can't see me. So I want you to envision this in your head. I am pulling the camera close to my face and looking you directly in your eyes gentlemen it is never okay to go out in public with no shirt except for the beach or the pool so dudes don't be walking down the street or at the local festival or at the 7-eleven and be shirtless i don't care if you look like dwayne the rock johnson don't do it in public. It bothers me to know it. And, and here's what really gets me going, that it just ticks me off. If it, Let's say it's 90 degrees out, okay? The, those gentlemen wearing no shirt, they're not wearing like athletic shorts or... No, they're wearing full jeans and then they have their shirt tucked into their back pocket. And they're at the fair. Or they're at the festival. Or they're, like I said, going in to pump again. Like, when is that ever okay? And my lord, that is always, I've been consistent about this. It drives me crazy. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I knew this was one that, that you uh, would, would probably bring up because we, we've talked about this in conversations in the past, and I, I completely agree with you. And, and I'll I'll go ahead and say also, you know, it's it's one of those things where, I agree about the fact it doesn't matter. It's not a jealousy thing. It's not a, hey, I don't want to see that dude with the shirt off because I'm All somehow. All ladies are looking uh, at that. Yeah. It, it, because, you know, I've I've been in good shape. I've been in bad shape. I've been 
skinny. I've been not skinny. And, and my shirt being taken off was no more likely to happen when I was in my best physical shape to where my worst physical shape. It's just, uh, it's not something that, uh, that, that I'm, I can get behind. And I could actually write a constitution. I I got rules about this. It's like, if anybody needs, oh man, this is going to sound way too angry. I'm not, this is kind of funny, but here it goes. If you're at the pool or if you're at the beach or at the water park, obviously, if it's a hundred degrees out and you have to push mow in your backyard, Hey, that's fine. But the minute you go into your front yard, no, it's not okay. <laughs> there, there's like a line of demarcation. Um, and I also want to give a little bit of wiggle room. If you're a jogger or something and you're running in the heat of the day, and it's obviously that you're conducting an athletic activity and you're kind of in the privacy of the confines of your street, I, I, I might give you a little bit of a pass, but just to be walking down the street, getting out, pumping gas, like I said, uh, going to the, you know, go, going to the dairy bar or Sonic, nah, nah, you can't be shirtless. I, you know, I, I don't walk around in my own home without a shirt yeah. and no, I'm not being uptight. It's just one of those things. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. I get it. Eric, do you, have a, do you have a domesticated myth you would like to share with us? Uh... <laughs> well... I, I'm, go, I'm going to be specific here because I, I will openly admit that I am an angry driver. <laughs> I, the, there are, and I guess it goes back to, I, I, I guess I'm inherently a rule follower. So when people are not following the rules of the road, it aggravates me. But there's one in particular that really, and I, I will complain about it every time it happens because it happens every time that I go to this particular intersection and it's a particular type of intersection, but it seems to happen most because I go to this one intersection the most and in Sardinia at 32, you have a stoplight and you have basically a four way stop and you want to go out and you want to turn left onto the four lane highway. People don't know how to function in that situation. So the rules say you're supposed to go out into the middle. And I always talk about taking control of the intersection. So you get yourself out there in the middle. People are supposed to turn left after they pass each other. Now, if there's a line, if there's a line of cars facing you, you let the whole line go by before you turn, but you pass each other before you turn. You don't cut each other off in the front. You don't take the corner sharply and, like I said, drive in front of me. You maintain the, your present lane. Yes. And yeah. the reason why, and I will put it out there in case maybe there's people listening that really don't know how to navigate this particular situation. You do it that way because if you cut each other off, there could be someone behind you or someone behind the other person that you're facing that will be going straight through the intersection. And then therefore you have an accident. Yeah. So that's why this intersection has to work the way it does or is supposed to. And you also, I think it's people being kind and generous, but you get a lot of the people waiting and letting somebody go, letting somebody Uh, cut in front of them. Okay, now 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 you got my rankles up here. You, yeah. you said that, and that just set me down a different course. Are your hackles rising? My my hackles are up now. 
okay, I I'm I I like the fact that people want to be nice and neighborly and whatever. But there are times when you're nice and neighborly that it cost me time. Because we have to sit there and stare at each other if you're going to let me turn in front of you because, again, you can't navigate the intersection and get yourself out there. You're going to wait for me to turn before you even go out. And it's costing both of us time. It, it gets to be you like the chipmunks been... on Looney Tunes. No, you go. No, I insist you go. No, yes, you go. It, exactly. We should have put on blood pressure cuffs when we started this topic. <laughs> we should have. We should have indeed. So well, Eric, what if Eric, you get cut off at the intersection by somebody wearing no shirt? Well, that that's that's just death penalty right there, isn't it? I mean <laughs> Well So that and, and that and that was the thing. I, I I started down one track and then you said that and it that that's really the heart of the situation here because people want to be quote unquote, and I'm using air quotes here with my fingers, <laughs> nice, but yet you're costing both of us time. Just navigate the intersection the way you're supposed to. And potentially an accident. Yes. Yeah. Well. Indeed. <laughs> Not you know, to mention, and really, if I was behind this person trying to be nice, and I missed the light because you're trying to be nice and you can't navigate the intersection, then I'm really mad. <laughs> well, I, to say I agree. I, now. I share in your, now. in your frustration for this, but I was going to bring up, you know, some people that know us know that, you know, Eric was my seventh grade uh, assistant, assistant basketball coach. You're the seventh grade coach, yeah. assistant coach, seventh, eighth grade. Uh, yeah. And so that's kind of where we met. And then, you know, as, as we got older, uh, you know, we, we hung out more and I, I met your other friends and things like that. Well, you know, so I rode around in the car a lot with you uh, going to various things and going to concerts and things like that. And uh, I would like to have a dime for every time I, I saw you pretty much shove your fist through your steering wheel. <laughs> Uh, laying on your horn at someone. And to this day, you can ask anyone who rides with me, like, let's say you're, you're on a constant turn, like going into Eastgate mall, like the circle around Eastgate mall. (laughs) And if someone stops, I still to this day say, now, now, now you, (laughs) yes, you have to say that there's a sign there. Yes. There's a sign there. And, and the sign says, the sign says oncoming traffic does not stop. But with Fiscus saying it, it was oncoming traffic does not stop asshole. <laughs> with that cadence and yeah, no L. So, to this day, I still say that when, when that happens. Which that's just a reading comprehension uh, issue. Well, exactly. I mean, that that's the bottom line. But maybe, again, this little thing about wanting to be nice and neighborly comes into it. I don't know. But people just... Again, they're, they're oblivious, and th- that kind of goes into my next one. If it comes back around to me, I have another I, one. Oh, I think it will. Uh, that I experienced this very day, but go ahead. I The next one, you know, I fully expect to maybe get some calls. Uh, probably going to ruffle some feathers here, but so this is something that tans my hide pretty, chaps my anus pretty pretty good, right quick. Chanus. And that is... Uh, <laughs> That is people who are not medical doctors that insist on being called doctor. And I, I do not take anything away from how hard that the person works on getting their, their PhD, on getting their degree. But I just, I, I don't know. I just, it, it rubs me the wrong way. I didn't like it when I had uh, professors in college who, who insisted they'd be called doctor. I preferred the ones who said right off the bat, like, hey, 
don't call me doctor, call me Jim or call me professor Joe or whatever. Um, so I don't know. It just bothers me. And in fact, I, I really, I refuse to do it and not everyone, but a lot of people that do insist to be called that are, are so arrogant that I probably don't want to be talking to them anyway. So I don't have to worry about how I address them. So I'll open that up and, and see if you guys have any opinions on that or if you share that or if, if you don't want to touch it, I understand, but it irks um, me. If I may, you know, we kind of discussed this a little bit. Um, I, I, one of my dear friends um, just got his PhD in education, and he was joking that there was only two people he was going to make call him doctor, and it was somebody he didn't care for and his brother. <laughs> so, but um, – <laughs> But uh, but by that case, I mean, I have a master's degree. We talked about this. Um, you know, I, I don't ask anybody to call me master. You know, um, I don't have Barbara Eden in my living room, like I dream of genies, like master. You know, like she always did. So It'd be a lot um, cooler if you did. That that is true. <laughs> if I had if I had genie in, <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Um, but. Yeah, and like I said, I don't want to paint with a broad brush because, like, no. I, I kind of level it. Um, if you've been teaching at Harvard in, um, you know, oh, let's law, and you've been doing it for thirty years, and you have built up a reputation, and if you're a doctor such and such, you know, um, legal expert, I'm going to give you a little bit of leeway. But if um, you're just, uh, I don't know. I, I I'll get myself in trouble here. Just like I just um y- you know I I have a hard time like a doctor in French literature. Like I I'm not downplaying that, but you can't write me a prescription for a French diphthong. So <laughs> don't, so I, I I I just don't love it. I don't love it. So is a is a diphthong a, a g string dipped in chocolate? Well, I guess it can be on some nights, but or, or no, whatever sorry. you like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I know what a diphthong is <laughs> before anyone calls in or <laughs> comments on Facebook. <laughs> oh All right. gosh! So uh, Brady, I think it's your turn again. Yeah, yeah, and I can make this one relatively quick. Um, and it's. Talking in movie theaters, people that are rudely um, exclaiming, distracting, and I'm and I'm not I'm not even talking about like you know people being on their phones. No, I'm talking about going old school when um, you know people are just talking. They're 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 shouting out like, "Oh, are they gonna die? Are they gonna die?" Or is something like that? And um, it, it's just like, "Shut up, please." Um, it, you're ruining it for the rest of us. So I, I, I get a little bit edgy when people are causing a ruckus um, at the movie I'm watching at the theater. I, I don't like it at all. And we've yeah. all had experiences. Ru- we've but, had movies ruined by that. Yeah. My, my <laughs> wife will tell you, a lot of people will tell you, I, I almost refuse to go to movie theaters uh, because of that. And, there are a couple of different demographics I can I can kind of pinpoint, but I, I won't do that. I don't want to I don't want to anger anyone else since I've already angered all the PhD holders out there. <laughs> uh, but it, I will say this: it's it's all ages. It's all it's it's both boys, girls, old, young. 
but there are two types of movies that I refuse to watch in the theater pretty much, and that are comedies and horror movies, and for two reasons. Uh, the comedies, because you get a group of people behind you, never fails, who laugh out loud at the joke. I understand that you're supposed to laugh, but they laugh into the next 19 funny parts. They, they, the laugh continues, so you miss, and especially with a lot of comedies these days where it's kind of bang, bang, you know, fast, fast. Uh, so you miss several funny things after. Same way with horror movies. A uh, good friend of ours, Kirsten, and I, I don't mean to pick on Kirsten because she's definitely not one of the ones who does this, but we like to go watch scary movies with her because she she gets jump scares really make her, you know, scream. They, they really work on her. And so it's always fun uh, to watch scary movies with her. But there's a certain crowd of people that do that. And then after the jump scare scares the person, everybody around him laughs about it for 25 minutes so you miss all the next, you know, scary parts. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Eric, what was your uh, next pet peeve? I heard the little bell there, but we can move past that. Okay, so like I led into this a few minutes back, I experienced this one on this very day. And I'm just going to say it's people who are oblivious to their surroundings. <laughs> um, so we, we were in a grocery store, and it, it's the first store I've been to where they are um, putting like one-way lanes, one-way aisles. So you go north through this aisle and you go south only through the next aisle, let's say. Many people, again, I'm, I'm inherently a rule follower. If there's a rule there, I'm going to try to follow it. There are arrows on the floor. There is everything there to show you that, yes, you're only supposed to go one way up this aisle. Yet, half the store was going the wrong way. And the aisles were a little narrow. So, I mean, the the social distancing thing was difficult because people are going the wrong way. And it, and you, you can look at someone and tell they're just oblivious. That they have no interest in trying to figure out the lay of the land. That, again, there are arrows on the floor. There was a, a sign on the door <laughs> going into the door. One-way lanes. It said it. Yet people ignore. So people, th there, there's a fair amount of complaining about our current situation as to why things can't be opened up. And I'm, I'm, I'm there. I, I get it. However, it is oblivious people that calls us in a, to a certain extent to be in the situation we're in. And in, in, in regard to opening things up. I I agree. Do, do you think, Eric, that um, what percentage would you say would be, what would the split be between people who, like to use your word oblivious, people who are oblivious, and then people who are, uh, this is their, their uh, mindset, you know, their entitlement. And well, entitlement, and that's maybe a third. Maybe it could be divided up by three. Maybe entitlement, uh, oblivious, and also of of your, uh, I'm going to stick it to the man. I'm going to show them that they can't tell me where you know which way I need to walk, and I'm going to show. So there's probably three different categories there. What would you say the the split would be? Uh, in the particular store I was in today, mm -hmm. sure. Um, I would say it was 100 percent oblivious. You think so? Because I I will go back to one of the words we said in the previous topic, carriage. You look at how people are carrying themselves. 
and you can kind of tell what their mindset is. I'm, I'm not going to obey the arrows on the floor. I'm going to do what I want to do, or it's just I'm walking about, kind of gawking around, looking at things on the shelves and, and not having any, again, knowledge or want to have knowledge of lay of the land. So in my case today, it was, I believe, 100% oblivion. Did you gotcha. cl- climb up on a display and, you know, th- this kind of speech always, th- the time you use this word is during the situation where you climb up on top of something and start gesturing. And you say, you're all fools, where you turn fools into two a syllable word, like you <laughs> fools. That kind of case. So, yeah, and, and, and you can you can carry this oblivion thing into a lot of different situations. And I usually I will say it is like, for example, you're at a, a sporting event or at some place where there's a very large crowd. Um, the mall tends to be a place where this happens a lot. People who are just meandering and gawking around and has no, there are certain rules in situations like that, like on the road. And I get, maybe this goes back to my road rage. If you're walking slow, stay to the right, let people pass you. But no, there are just some people that meander in the middle of the aisle and you try to pass them and they, they don't walk straight and they just kind of. (laughs) galley vant around and ha- again have no interest in anyone around <laughs> willy nilly well w- <laughs> willy nilly yeah you uh I, I while i share your anger i still can't help to chuckle a little bit picturing you at a grocery store with a horn blowing it and saying the arrow says that way asshole <laughs> no I, I i would love to uh go the George Carlin method if they're doing that in the parking lot to take your tire and take the back off their shoe. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Fiscus, I got to bring up again. I don't, and I don't mean to be picking on Fiscus here because I agree completely with your, with your pet peeves. But uh, I do remember one thing about always being in a mall with you. Not that you were oblivious, not that you were guilty of doing exactly what you're peeving against. But with you, it was stopping 700 times because you know everybody and their brother to, to stop and talk. And I knew, no, I knew no one. So it was always like me standing there awkwardly watching you talk to stranger after stranger after stranger. Well, and my wife would agree with that. I get that. However, she's, got, <laughs> she's, she's gotten almost to my level now. She's been around in Ohio long enough that she knows a lot of people that I don't know. So yeah. she'll be stopping at these places and talking to people. And, I've had relationships right. end over that. <laughs> I got dumped for that once. That and they smelled like soup. That, there you go. Campbell, <laughs> Lipton chicken noodle soup, to be exact. Vegetable I, beef. Uh, Good peeves, gentlemen. I I think actually pet peeves is something we could probably have uh, on the old dial and come back to frequently. I will say I'm kind of cracking up because we're such lighthearted fellows. That's the angstiest we've ever sounded on this program. (laughs) You can feel it. You can feel it emanating from the mic. Like toxic DJs. That shows we can be well-rounded. We're not just trying to be jovial and funny all the time. There are certain aspects of life that get under our skin or... What do you, you say? Chaps your hide? Is that the, the phrase you used? <laughs> yeah. It's like we all uh, we all turned into uh, Earl Pitts. <laughs> Burns your biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Grind your gears. Your cat head biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
All right. So that was topic two. Brady? Oh, wow. You're in the well, cleanup spot. <laughs> I, I'm rounding it out again. Um, so when, when I brought this topic to the table to the gentleman to discuss, um, it kind of morphed a little bit. Uh, at first, I came up with like, you know what? Why don't we talk about some games or sports we've always wanted to try, but we never have, like cricket. And it kind of devolved until we fa- I found a list of unusual and weird sports. And um, what I am going to do, I'm going to kind of take over the Eric role. I'm going to be the MC. I'm going to be the DJ here. And I'm going to throw out some games and activities. And um, you guys are going to add your takes on it. What do you think they might be? What do you think it would look like? So this is going to be kind of fun. Um, I'm going to start off with something a little bit easy just and for our listeners to kind of get the feel what we're doing we're just kind of wading into the pool toe at a time so um i just did it again didn't i did i do my alliteration thing you are the alliteration master oh man i'm sorry the alliteration doctor (laughs) here we go i I haven't reached that level yet but um the alliterative announcer (laughs) i'm the i'm the i'm the alliteration masters plus so um all right so i'm gonna start off (laughs) with um plus 15 (laughs) plus 15 (laughs) well um that's a a teacher joke (laughs) that's worse than a dad joke (laughs) yeah i I can tell you what it's not but um anyway (laughs) yeah people out there who who are not teachers would not even get that so i had to had to throw that in that's a teacher joke it's a teacher joke. So, uh, all right. So I'm going to start off with one. Bathtubbing. There is an actual sport called bathtubbing. Do we wish to? Uh, any one of you guys want to tell me what you think? <laughs> so is it, I'm picturing a race kind of like at a, at a festival or a, a street festival or something where you are. A regatta. Yeah, yeah. Where you are maybe regatta. You're pushed <laughs> along in a tub. Like I picture. Here's what I picture. I picture middle-aged balding men in in diapers in a bathtub being pushed by yet another middle-aged balding man in a race. That sounds like an is interesting dream you had one time that you just <laughs> didn't know how to explain. Um, but no, I'm kidding. That's like those weird anxiety dreams. But no, here's what we got. Um, it's the unusual sport of racing in bathtubs, and it's been around for a long time. And there's a world championships. The bathtub could either be propelled by a motor or paddled like a canoe. So it takes place in water. Ironically. Interesting. Yeah. A, a the water's on the outside, not the inside. Ha. Didn't the Sar- didn't the Sardinia Founders Day? Ha- no, that was those were bed races. Th- see, that's, that's what I pictured. Good, good, Eric. I pictured a bed yeah. race, but in a tub. Bed race in a tub. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of going to uh, you know, I'm just skipping along the alphabet here. Um, black pudding throwing. <laughs> black pudding throwing. Uh, I prefer. I prefer tapioca <laughs> catapulting, but <laughs> um, I, I would I would say maybe a sport that happens after a disastrous night at Taco Bell. <laughs> oh. Intestinal distress. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh, whoa, black pudding. Um, here we go. Uh, so, 
<laughs> let me um, uh, do, 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 so uh, judging by your whimsical takes um, I'll go ahead and let you in on what black pudding throwing is and here we go for those who do not know black pudding is a dish made of pig's blood onions and oats found in Scotland the competition is not a throw for distance but accuracy where throwers use underhand motion to lob three lumps three gentlemen a black pudding at Yorkshire pudding piled atop a 7.6 meter platform the person who knocks off the most puddings wins Wow. <laughs> Scottish food is based upon a dare. Yeah. Oh, it is. Uh, now that I now that you read that I've heard of I always thought of blood pudding. Yeah, I, I think um Is black like, pudding and blood pudding the same? I, I think they're in the same family. It says the championships have been held since the nineteen eighties, but its roots date all the way back to the War of the Roses between the uh plant Plantagenets and the Tudors. You know, if, if that were something we did around here, it'd be the. It wouldn't be black pudding throwing. It'd be the pudding throwing. <laughs> pudding, pudding throwing. <laughs> oh, the pudding toss. <laughs> Hot what a poison mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. All right. Um. Okay. Uh. Now this one, I've got to ask on your take. I'm going to do this. Is Camel wrestling. <laughs> okay, so so is this where I would wrestle a camel? Eric, or is this where... Think? Todd is saying... What do you think? Is it man versus camel or camel versus camel? What do you think, Eric? <clears throat> um, could it be the Saharan version of cockfighting? Well, you have two two camels <laughs> wrestling it out. Well, <laughs> wrestling one out. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um. Well, whatever you like. Here we go. It is two male camels, um, tussling in an event. <laughs> um. It in camel wrestling, two male camels fight it out for a female camel. In heat, who is waiting nearby? Um, the camels lean on each other to push the other one down until one runs away. So, it, I mean, in this corner, Hump Hogan. <laughs> with his uh, with his deadly finishing move, the camel clutch, the me clutch, the me clutch. <laughs> No. So oh, the loser gosh. runs away. What yes, a loser camel. Uh, well, I mean, so, go ahead, Eric. So, so the uh, the the prize at the end is now. Does does this end up in completing the act? Is that how you know the camel wrestling event is over? <laughs> <laughs> Probably with a cigarette. <laughs> But <laughs> a camel cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> he flew five thousand well, miles just, to light a camel. <laughs> he was just called a me smoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh man! Up. <laughs> oh, we are I, silly people. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's weird because I obviously everything about animals fighting is cruel and. Something that we are, you know, 
definitely against most sensible people in where we live. But I kind of would like to see at least a, one video of these camel uh, contests. These well, things. you know, the other kind of animal fightings usually end up in one of the animals being so injured and deceased or destroyed. But this one just seems like it ends up with a camel with bad self-esteem. <laughs> so say runs away embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. It's like it uh, has to sit and like the Brown County fairy he has to watch the other camel hold the other camel's hand. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's what I was gonna say. Into- it's, it's, it's like the high school fight on the back road over the girl. So, I mean, you, the two guys fight, and then the winner gets the girl, right? Oh, yeah. Man. Sounds like it. And in just in case you're really um, interested, it happens in Selkuk, Turkey. That's where the World Camel Wrestling Championships are. So um, I don't know who so holds this, the Intercontinental. What this seems like is this is something that just happens in, in camel nature, and someone <laughs> just decided to make it a sport. You, you see what you know? It's yeah. Nobody put this on. it. It's not like they build a ring and then and then walk camels into the ring. This is they they built this around what the camels were already doing out in nature. Let's get ready to hump all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the the camel puns uh, keep coming. Um, so uh, not to toe the line anymore, but let's uh, go on to the the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> that was a slow burn. I thought I thought I got that one in without anybody. Uh, oh, okay. Um, Our listeners might have to rewind that one. Okay. Um, uh, let, let let's get out of the. Uh, let me go to another um, letter. Dunny Derby. The Dunny Derby. D U N N Y. D U N N Y. Dunny Derby. Oh, man. Sounds like a race of some sort. It sounds like a uh, a last man standing type of thing, too. And um, just to be clear, um, I did not know the definition of this one either, so I didn't go through and cherry pick many of these um, that we're actually learning together. So the Dunny Derby is an Australian outback term for a toilet, the Dunny. The Dunny Derby involves one person sitting on the throne while two runners pushing, two runners pulling the Dunny. The race is 200 meters with a few obstacles, and the team has to stop and pick up a toilet roll, a toilet, sorry, my screen timed out, and um, a toilet roll, a toilet brush, and they have to empty the bucket. There's a competition for the fastest dunny as well as the best presented team. So it just sounds like the Australian bed races. Okay, now, now, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, back up, back up. So uh, as you go through these sports, I'm trying to figure out what the ultimate goal is. So someone is sitting on the Dunny Derby, or the, is it a Dunny? The the Dunny the, the Dunny is the is the is the toilet. It's okay, the so Australian someone, outback term for toilet. So somebody is sitting on the Dunny, and two are pushing and two are pulling, two hundred okay. meters with obstacles. <laughs> okay. Wow. Like, okay, so. Sitting on the dunny, does the person sitting on the dunny have to complete a transaction by the end of the race? No, I don't think there's actually any commerce being conducted. I think it is just a, um, (laughs) I I, I think 
now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. So they said there's obstacles that were one two push and two pull over 200 meters with a few obstacles. Um, I'm guessing like too much cheese, but anyway, um, they had to stop and pick up toilet rolls, a toilet brush, and they have to empty a bucket. So I'm assuming that there is some water, some fresh, clean water in the dunny and they, whoever has the most water in the dunny at, as they cross the finish line. Well, that's what I was saying. If to empty said bucket, there has to be some sort of thing in the bucket yeah yeah water so i don't know i didn't know if the bucket was pre-filled or it had to be filled during the derby i think it would be much more interesting if it had to be filled during the derby by what yeah well it, well what do you think Ew. why do i picture why do i picture the uh the 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 fans along the side of the track looking like they're at a uh, Gallagher concert with like garbage bags and uh, <laughs> rain <laughs> slickers. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Wearing their slickers and rubbers. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Um, no, but no. I'm saying that there would be more to it than just being fleet afoot. You would have to be fleet in other ways as well. <laughs> In order to finish the Dunny Derby, well, see the no, 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 no. That just opens it up for doping, like um, where there's steroids. <laughs> like if somebody <laughs> takes an laxative or something before the Dunny Derby, well, that that would be the, an unfair advantage. Somebody uh, <laughs> ate too many White Castles the night before. Uh. <laughs> so, so, so the old the old blimey t- tested positive for X lax is that? What yeah, then he becomes the Lance. You know the Lance Armstrong of uh, Dunny Derbies. Uh, anyway, oh, um, how about finger jousting? Whoa! <laughs> uh, let's see. Is is that like a thumb war? Seems to be plenty of situations where one could be stoved in a finger joust. You would think nothing yeah. worse than a stove finger. No, you're right. I here's what I picture. I picture when I think of jousting, and, and uh, I actually have uh, some friends of ours who are uh, have their own jousting company. Um, I don't know much about jousting, but I know that there is there involves a, an erect, you know, a, a, a straight kind of lance or whatever you would call it, wooden a wooden thingy. Pointy for lack thing. of a better term, pointy thingy, Skewered. and uh, so so I'm picturing if if it's a if it's a finger jousting, it is standing next to your face to face to your opponent, and you guys are trying to bang the tips of your fingers together, like like you guys like, can uh, see what I'm doing, but the, like like the Leonardo da Vinci painting, you know, or so. Well, it's no, it's it's kind of like a a a tough man contest where you you. You point your finger out straight, and you pull them back like six inches, and then you hit them together. And whoever whoever's finger gives is the loser. Well, um, want me to go ahead and read Eric, this one? Ha- oh, go ahead, Eric. So, I, so you you say six inches apart, and then just jab your finger at the other guy's finger. Yeah, so you have to have good aim, and also keep your finger strength up. Like keep your See, I was thinking more of a maybe running 10, 20 feet 
with your arm straight out and your finger pointing ah. and you try to to jab the other guy in the chest and make him fall like like the, the horse jousting but like but, i said that could open up to breakage of fingers and and stoving of fingers and sounds painful so so are they atop a horse when they do this or just running are they galloping no, like running. a like when a <laughs> like like a like a trusty steed yeah like Monty Python, yeah. there. <laughs> the coconuts in the background. <laughs> oh, that always amused me greatly. Um, well, here you go. I have your answer. Finger jousting is a sport similar to thumb war, where two people hold hands like they are arm wrestling. And they extend their index fingers. The object of the game is to try to poke the opponent while keeping their index finger locked under the other and not letting it go. Although some historians believe the sport was founded by the Israelites, who called it finger spearing, this was supported and written in the Book of Phalanges. Sorry, their joke, not mine. <laughs> um, but uh, I do, I can tell you that in 2005, Julian Glick founded the World Finger Jousting Federation, and um, it was there's an extremely popular finger jousting school in Dallas and Houston, Texas. The WFJF. <laughs> <laughs> the, the match WFJF has world champion yeah it says the match has three rounds and two minute lengths time is paused when violations occur and the player will be given a 60 second rest between the start of the next round um anyway what would a what would a violation be well uh during the game, jousters should not try to separate their hands. If this happens, the player will get a warning. During the second time of separation, the player will either get another warning or minus points. The third offense gets you disqualified. So um, there are four basic important elements. It is quickness, strength, technique, and tradition. There are codes, which I won't get into. Um, by the way, um, it says where contestants respect their competitors and others without intentionally injuring them. There's decorum, not using profane or lewd speech during the jousting. And disturbance, which means avoiding jousts at inappropriate times or places in manicure. So if you have, you know, if you have basically no a duke claw that you've grown out, you can't <laughs> use that. So um, what a interesting. So wow. what is the appropriate time for a finger joust? I don't know. It does not say. But hopefully, we're all about learning here. We inspire you to check out YouTube and find out what finger jousting is all about. I would think you would want a, a relatively mild. I don't think you'd want it to be very cold. Yeah. I think, you know. What would temperature have to do with it? Well, I mean, I just think a cold, like if, if you were cold, like think about when your hands get cold. You know, if you're, think about the way you're, digits feel when they're ice cold i think it could be a lot more painful and you would also be holding back some of your your finger strength because you're typically a little more ginger and and and, and you know careful when you when your fingers are cold would you be at an advantage if you had naturally sweaty palms i don't know it's interesting i don't now, know you know what's going to happen it. We're going to be what is that? checking this out. Everybody's going to be checking out. I, I would guess to say that the World Finger Poke League or whatever it's called is going to have about 200 WFJA, extra views. WFJF, World Finger Jousting Foundation. And they could send that royalties check to us to help them a little bit of finder's fee to getting them some new fans. 
Nice. Nice. You can't finger joust with social distancing. Yes, I'm that guessing is true. the WFJF is also on hiatus right now. And unless you are Arsenio Hall. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. Oh wow. I'm picturing the uh in living color skits where the one guy played in Arsenio Hall and had the you know, really, really exaggerated long pointer finger. <laughs> I, I was thinking Arsenio Hall versus James Coburn in a finger jousting match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else you gosh. got, Brady? Um, the Poo Sticks Championship. Poo? P-O-O-H. Poo Sticks Championship. Oh, man, <laughs> this is good. I'm guessing this doesn't have to do with a bear that doesn't wear pants, right? You would be incorrect. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it does have to do with Winnie the Pooh. Is that what you're saying? In a roundabout way. See, I was picturing to throw to harken back to the episode one or two, the uh, frozen dog mess fight that uh, my cousin and I, Jason... <laughs> Had I, I, that's what I picture. I picture poo sticks, frozen poo sticks, and you just they're projectiles. You just hoist them at each other, trying that to would pierce, be, pierce skin. That would be P O O, not P O O H. Ah, okay. It is P O O H. Um. Then yeah, I'd say Winfred has to be involved. <laughs> Winfred or Eeyore. Eeyore. Um, um, I don't know Piglet, but here we go. Um, it says that this unusually named sport of poo sticks comes from the popular children's story, Winnie the Pooh. Not only is the name a little unusual, so is the sport. It involves standing on a bridge, dropping your stick in the water, and then racing to the other side to see who get, whose stick goes the farthest. Wow, that's excitement. Um, well, what does sticks, it have to do with Winnie the Pooh? Well, evidently, th- this happened. They did this in the book, uh, evidently. Um, Pooh stick well, started was, when a lock was Christopher keeper, Robin involved? No, but I hear the tournament is around Christopher Robin. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Well, anyway. Well, I'd like to add that if, if you're standing on the bridge and your stick touches the water, you're a better man than me. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's TV 14. I don't care what you say. <laughs> okay. With that, Poo Stick started when a lock keeper noticed walkers throwing their sticks into the river and rushing to the other side to see whose stick emerged first. This gave her the idea of creating a fundraising event using the sport, and so the World Poo Sticks Championship was born. Outstanding. Don't let the OH, OHSAA hear about this. They'll start putting rules on it. Um, you got one more. One got more. Time for one more. Sure. Okay. How about <laughs> Um Oh gosh. Sorry guys. Okay, I'm going to go with this one because shin kicking. Shin kicking. I know that needs a lot of explanation. I would guess it's pretty self-explanatory. It is. That's why I'm kind of kidding. Um, that you know we all know what the shin kicking is, but how about rural games? 
Not only that, but the rural games from New Zealand. Rural as in R-U-R-A-L, right? Yes. So is this like uh, cow tipping and things of that sort? Hay bale tossing? Well, I will give you the exact (laughs) way that it is built. It's the annual event held over two days, including sports that built their nation. So when you think of... Let's see. Do, what what were some of the ones you said, Eric? I said cow tipping. Um, there Hay is bale tossing. Not, um, there's some things close. Tobacco spitting. You're you, 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 well. You're not far off. Shall Watermelon I indulge? seed spitting. What? Watermelon seed spitting. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. You and Tyler both had cherry cherry seed spitting. Cherry, excuse me, cherry stone spitting. Cher, ch- cherry stone pits. Um, but from two thousand, from the uh, events held in 2016, there is speed shearing, sheep shearing, as in sheep, wood chopping, <laughs> sheep doing fool, moo moo ba ba moo ba skin sheep. What, what do you mean, ball ball? Sheepy darn fool. Uh, my sister is probably losing her mind laughing at this point. So um, uh, that's always one of our favorites. But um, there is speed gold panning, speed fencing. Now, not with swords, but actual building of sheep, building of fence to hold in these said sheep. Coal shoveling, wine barrel racing. Speed tree climbing, um, speed hand milking. Does that mean they milk their hands? <laughs> anyway, um, gum boat throwing. I don't know what a gum boat is. Um, and I'm going to use their word, cow pat tossing. That sounds like Todd's fight at the bus stop. <laughs> I just thought it sounded like a maybe a, a um, like a gender neutral cow that they're tossing that they're not sure if it's. <laughs> No, I think it's the cow's deposits Ah. that are being tossed. And there is also sack races and tug of war, but I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for bated breath for the uh, speed sharing. That that sounds like a... I I can imagine that happening around here. Yeah, yeah. Most of those games. So I would guess you would have to have sheep that were approximately the same size. Because it would be an advantage, or maybe it would be a disadvantage if you had a smaller sheep. Yeah, it, there is probably like a minimum six-inch sheep fro. It, it has to be like, you know, there probably has to be a minimum depth because you can't have somebody oh. shearing a twelve-inch, you know, a twelve-inch woolied up sheep. Yeah, it's a, as opposed. It has to, a, to be a, a, appropriately shorn. So there has to be uniformity in there. In their wooliness. Well, and, and the size of the animal itself has to be approximate, approximately the same, wouldn't it? The, the, yeah, because, because there's one that's not four as much feet area tall. to cover. Right. So uh, the, that that would lend us some. And, and what about the equipment used to Tell share? Tell that it? to Muggsy Bugs and Spud Webb, Eric. <laughs> well, I would <laughs> guess it'd be easier to shear Muggsy Bugs than it would be. Akeem Olajuwon or Manute Bowl. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but there's one NBA uh, legend that just comes to mind who's going to be a natural of this. UA Blob. <laughs> well, topic number three was an interesting topic with all those 
strange sports. And uh, I think we had three pretty good topics tonight. Uh, Indeed. Well, and maybe a little learning topics rather than maybe more funny, but uh, some of it was funny, I think. Hopefully you all enjoy it. Uh, once again, you can find us on many different outlets. Uh, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, our uh, host site, which is anchor.fm backslash play it by ear podcast. We also now have a YouTube page. So search play it by ear podcast on YouTube. You can subscribe to our page there. It's going to take us a while to uh, make up for what we don't have on there yet. We have episode 12 on there as a YouTube uh, file right now. So if you want to get your podcast type programming on YouTube, we're there now. So many different ways to uh, get our podcast and some different ways to stay in contact with us as well. You can find us on Facebook and search us out, play it by your podcast there. Play it by your pod with the number two with the at sign at the front on Twitter. And, uh, Again, you can leave us some comments there and, and a voice message option as well. And you can find those links on any of your podcast providers. So with that, we will round out episode 13. And uh, please stay tuned with us for episode 14 here in a few days. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear Podcast. Thanks again, and join us next time as we play it by ear.